Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with March 28th and April 28th, 1919, Part 2, pages 240 through 241. April 28th, 1919, Part 2. After some time, the people said that they wanted to confer with me. I went out to them and explained what had happened. I advised them to send representatives to the Bolshevik authorities. At my request, the people began to disperse. As soon as they had gone away, the selfsame Bolsheviks came roaring in by car. Once again, I asked them to find living quarters somewhere else so as not to antagonize the people. I added, while we are standing here talking, the people will most likely start coming back again because I know that certain persons are keeping an eye on my house and will not let you stay here. And, in fact, a crowd of people began to gather once more. The Bolsheviks left without gaining anything. They tried to get into the house a third time that afternoon, but when the people again began to gather, they finally left and did not return that day. They were angry and had told my cook and servants, we'll have our own way here, and in any case, your popas won't be here very long. That same day, the Bolsheviks passed a decree completely abolishing religious education in the schools. The priests were forbidden to set foot in the schools, even to teach secular subjects. In those educational institutions that had received financial support from the Bolsheviks, the priests were not given last month's salary either for teaching religion or any other subject. The people, enraged by the attempt to evict the bishop from his house, threatened to go on strike and shop, stop the railroad and the electric plant. They discussed the possibility of collecting signatures and sending delegates to the Bolshevik authorities. Once again, I put my papers in order and assigned someone to administer the diocese in case the, Belshe the Bolsheviks arrested me. I was prepared for the eventuality that I may be imprisoned. The Bolsheviks who had come to the house would not give their names even when I asked them. On March 31st, the people's delegates were who were determined to go to the Bolshevik authorities to protest me from being evicted, came to see me. They discussed how to proceed. It was dangerous for the delegates to go by themselves, since they could be arrested when they got there. Presenting the paper with the signatures was also risky, because those who had signed would be exposed to repercussions. I told them that they should go and speak out calmly and politely. Both the Lithuanians and the Poles had sent letters of protest to the Bolsheviks signed with false names. Right after the people's delegates, a Bolshevik spy or provocateur came in. He called himself Oldak and said that he was a prison warden. He had heard everything I said to the people in the reception area room. Fortunately, I had been careful. This Oldak, the prison warden, had been there here before ostensibly because he felt sorry for the prisoners. He suggested that I appeal to the people to send them bedding, clothes, and food. According to him, it would be easy to free some of the prisoners, especially the priests. He added that there was no reason why the people should not rise up against the Bolsheviks and drive them out with clubs and sticks. 
I told him that it would be difficult to send food and clothing since none was to be had in the city. People were starving, and even if something could be, could be sent, it would probably not reach those for whom it was intended. I have no money to pay for the prisoners' ransom, and even if someone were able to ransom them, what good would that do? They can arrest the same people again, adding several more to their number. Then I added, why do they detain innocent people if they cannot provide for them? As for staging a revolt, that would be a disaster. The Bolsheviks are armed and could easily put down unarmed people. That is why I am continually trying to calm the people, telling them to suffer patiently. However, I believe that a government that is based solely on weapons and violence cannot continue for very long. Oldak spoke to me in German, inserting a Russian word here and there. I suspect that he is a secularized Jew. In the next part of the entry, Blessed George informed the faithful what had happened. Representatives were sent to talk to the Bolshevik authorities, and people began to disperse at the request of Blessed George. The Bolsheviks came back to try again, but then the people returned. Uh, the cowardly Bolsheviks had left by car, but had left their loose women there. The Bolsheviks kept coming and going to try to take over the house. They were not happy, and they planned on getting rid of Blessed George one way or another. They called him Popas, which is a Russian slang for an Orthodox priest. They were Bolsheviks, so they, had the, they were Russian. Religious education was also being banned that day in the public schools by the Bolsheviks. Uh, priests were banished from the schools for all subjects. Uh, the people threatened strikes and shutdowns to protest the treatment of their bishop. Blessed George prepared himself to be arrested and imprisoned. The delegates who wanted to go to the Bolshevik authorities to protest, prote protest risked arrest, and those who had signed petitions also risked uh, repercussions, but apparently the petitions had been signed with false names. Uh, a provocateur came to see Blessed George to cause trouble. He advised rioting. Blessed George dismissed that idea. He wants to calm the people so that they won't be arrested. The Bolsheviks don't have food to feed uh, the prisoners. What a crucible. Blessed George certainly suffered his purgatory in Vilnius during his time as bishop there. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.